this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 115. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one driving minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Bourbon. All right. <laughs> and, and joining us today for his final day, we've enjoyed the whole week with our good friend, television film producer and mafia expert, David Uslan. How you doing, David? Hey, guys. Doing well. Thank you so much for joining us this whole week. It's been enlightening. I'm sad. I hope there are no repercussions. I'm sad that this is the end. I know. It's got to end sooner or later. It's the uh, 80s. There's no other way around it. <laughs> <laughs> so this minute starts with Henry driving. And this minute ends with Henry still driving. Well. As 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 th- this is the portion of the film that I wish I would like to cut out and make a small short film called Henry's Busy Day. Well, he's having a nice little Sunday. He's got a lot of errands to run. Yeah. Ron, settle in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. So Henry is going to try to sell some guns, or he's trying to sell silencers or guns. Silencers. He's got some silencers that he's gonna that he got for Jimmy. And then he's got some. He's got to go pick up a package from the Pittsburgh people to give to Lois to take to somebody in Atlanta. And he's also got to pick up his brother Mikey from the hospital because he's coming over for dinner that day. So it's a very busy day. So Henry and Jimmy's deal doesn't go quite correctly, and we don't know if it's Jimmy being cheap or Henry's mush brain from drugs. Which one is it? Do we think? Do we think that Henry's so addled with cocaine at this point he brought the wrong silencers, or just that Jimmy doesn't want to spend money? Could be a little bit of both. Yeah, but I think it's more that he just. Henry didn't even think about what he was buying, and so he's he's coming apart at the seams at this point, David. Yeah, I think. Oh so. wait, no, I'm sorry. He's he's selling he's selling Jimmy guns, and Jimmy's trying to match the guns to his silencers. I see. Okay, that's backwards. That's yeah, that's like saying I got you this car, and these don't match my tires I got here. Yeah, doesn't make sense. By the way, how hard is it to match a silencer with a gun? Is it is it a simple thing? Are there just like I, a couple I, of standardized I, sizes? I would think it's a standard like screwdriver kind of thread kind of thing. They like they go they not, go right in. Not all gun barrels are going to be pre-threaded. Yeah, I don't think they are. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, so according to the book and wise guy Henry Hill, he blames Jimmy for this, saying that uh, Jimmy's been crazy ever since Latanza, and uh, he gone crazy with money. He was hoarding it. Yeah, he's hoarding it. He doesn't want to send them, and you know, and he didn't want to spend the money. And so whether or not it's Jimmy or Henry being addled, I don't know. But the silences don't fit the guns. Yeah, so uh, I think. So just watching it, it's Henry definitely had the guns. Yeah. And he was matching them with, uh, with yeah. the silencers. Yeah, Jimmy's matching the silencers, right? Yeah. I feel like Jimmy just took a gun and the silencer out at random and was like, look, they don't work, and then put him back yeah. in and got all mad. Because, not because there was a problem with the guns, but when he opened the door, he saw how strung out Henry looked, and it made him angry. That's what I think. Well, it could also be that it's 8 a.m. on Sunday. Maybe he thought that he was going to do his weapons deal later in the day? Yeah, I mean, I mean like, not come on. I mean, 
Josh, if I show up on your doorstep at 8 a.m. on Sunday with a bag of guns, are you happy to see me? Donuts, or you better get walking. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, Henry's here with the donuts and no other guns. <laughs> so the fun fact for this episode, while we're talking about this, is that silencers are actually called suppressors. Uh, because they don't actually silence. Uh, uh, the movies have trained us to think that silencers actually make the sh- gunshot silent. It doesn't actually do that. It just reduces the sound of the gunshot. A, a standard gunshot is about 160 decibels. And a silencer only reduces it from anywhere from 145 to a really good suppressor. gets it down to around 85 decibels. Oh, wow. It doesn't actually make it that silent at all. It's still quite loud. You want to know what the best natural, I guess natural is the word, silencer that you can find in your in an average apartment? I didn't know where this was going to go. Oh, God, I don't know. It's a piece of fruit? I don't know if I want it to go. This is a milk nope. carton. Nope. Although that's a good one, though. But a it's pillow? A pillow? That is that is tied as something that has been used a tremendous amount over the last uh, many years. But a phone book. Oh. So you shoot through the phone book. Well, yep. You might want to look for a pillow uh, at this point. Well, yeah, the thing is, yeah, finding a phone book might be the challenge these yeah. days. Wait, yeah. hold still. Stay, well, stay there. Hang these, on. These days, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need to give style points to Jimmy and his light blue bathrobe. Now you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come down on Henry like that in the last minute, and this guy shows up in a bag. Granted, he didn't ask to be put on stage. Exactly, it's Ron. 8 a.m. on Sunday. He's in a he's in a bag. I know, David. You are a fan of the bathrobe. How do you rate this bathrobe? <laughs> uh, first of all, this looks like an incredible bathrobe. <laughs> it looks comfy. It looks comfy, right? It looks soft. Uh, second of all, look how good his hair still is, Jimmy's. <laughs> At 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. 8 a.m. It is a perfectly coiffed set of hair. And I'm looking at this image, man. How, Ron, how can you hate what Henry's wearing? I'm that, not a fan that, of the shirt. That shirt is dope, man. Look at that thing. Look uh, at that thing. It's right out of Miami Vice. I'd rather take the, the baby blue uh, bathrobe. That robe is definitely, a, is definitely an amazing where robe. Where was Jimmy living at this point? In reality, I have no idea where he lived. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you where this was shot. But I would have to imagine he's in Brooklyn somewhere. He's probably in, you know he's probably still in Brooklyn or whatnot. Oh no no I got it right here. Jimmy's house was in Howard Beach. Yeah. So so there you go. So uh, Howard Beach is where he lived. Where this God he was. Yep. Where this was filmed. This is actually filmed on 220th Street, and you can see the street sign behind Henry in the shot. 220th Street at 94th Road in Douglastown, Little Neck. So this is uh, way nor- up, up on the North Shore, up by Douglastown, right on the border of Queens and Nassau. That is a comfy-looking robe, man. That looks real thick and warm. Look at the archway of that home, like the entrance. Yeah, I was yep. noticing that, too. He definitely has it protected. I mean, yeah. that place is like a fortress. Yep. And it's on both sides, too. You can see to the left, there's another gate. Yeah. Well, he's all gated off. Yeah. What struck me really about this whole, that this whole exchange was not so much... Jimmy's impatience and, and yelling at Henry and all stuff like that is that Henry's narration talking about it saying, you know, I got the guns for him and I doesn't even want them and whatever. And then it ends with he didn't even say goodbye. And I felt as if that one line and Jimmy slamming the door really gave me a sense of what the status of their relationship is at this point. And what it feels like is that Jimmy is so far gone after Lufthansa of trying to hoard the money and, and be his whole, you know, his person, while Henry is way down the drug side of things, I feel like this is the this is the moment they're at their their widest. You know? I could see you complaining about something like that. <laughs> he didn't even say goodbye. Like it's like some horrible thing would happen. Somebody would just scream. You just and he didn't even say goodbye. Like that would be the part that would offend you. That you would build your case. <laughs> yeah, against absolutely. Him. It's a social protocol that would most anger Ron. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
it's true. Not that I have to sell these guns again. It's that he didn't say goodbye properly. Listen, I came all the way out to Howard Beach to your house. You can't say goodbye. How hard is it to say goodbye? Offer me a drink. <laughs> I'm just saying it's common decency. That's all. We were, you know, like we're we're, fa- we're practically family here. At this point, are they falling apart? Their relationship? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. David, was it the death of Tommy DeSimone, or what was it that drove him apart? Yeah, I think that uh, once he threw the drugs into it, that's when it started to go. Yeah, I think it was the drugs yeah. more than Tommy's death more than anything, right? Well, I yeah. think in the movie, it's probably a lot of it is the death. Because remember, the last time we saw them all together, it was in the back of Robert's. And they were all huddled together in that very close hug. You know, they were going right to the top with Tommy. And now Tommy's dead. They're no longer, you know, in the driver's seat. And I feel like in the film context, not in the real life, maybe in the film context, that's what really drove, you know, a wedge between them. The drugs didn't yeah. help, obviously. Yeah. But no matter what's going on, though, you could still say goodbye. It's one word. <laughs> two words. Well, it's two words. What well, if you shot it through the door after you slam it? Is that all right? Yeah. Maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe he shut the door and, like, and the, you didn't see this, but a sad... Uh, Jimmy Conway put his hand on the glass <laughs> and bowed his head and very quietly said, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I love you. He just couldn't – after that emotion – after he saw him emotionally before and, and Henry didn't know what to do about it, he's shut down now. He doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. And it all comes out in the form of rage and frustration. I don't know. I think they need to see somebody. <laughs> just say goodbye. It's not hard. It's fine. Although – but he does say, what's the matter with you? Yep. Which I love. What's the matter with you? <laughs> it and is a good yelling. It. It's the same way he says it to Johnny Roast Beef too. If you if you look, so it's not it's not yeah. a good place for Henry to be in. He's uh, making his mind moosh. So after Henry leaves Jimmy's, uh, we get a long shot of Henry's car driving. And just play along with me for a moment. If you pause it at uh, fifty five seconds into this minute, you get a wonderful shot of the, uh, of, the of Pathmark and. Yeah. Five Town Plaza, wherein there is not only a pizzeria, a pet shop, a cleaners, a liquor store, but there's also a pergament. For those of you who grew up in the Mid-Atlantic might remember pergament as the prototypical Home Depot. Pergament was the was the place where you go to get paint and things like that. And, uh, yeah, pergament. It's a tough name, but I remember, oh, God, I remember going to pergament with my dad. So my, uh, my note for this moment that you're talking about. Yep. is, well, now it feels like the Long Island I know. Yep. <laughs> I mean, now, I saw that shot, and I went, oh, there's no doubt where you are here. It's the shot of the strip mall sign, and then the pan down as Henry's car drives by the IHOP. By the way, you can see the teal blue roof, uh, and then the white sign in front of an International House of Pancakes, and then other cars. Interestingly enough, this shot, Staten Island. Yeah. It is not Long Island. What you find is a lot of these regions, Staten Island, Long Island, Brooklyn, Queens, and New Jersey, are pretty interchangeable in terms of their decor. Yep. They are. I'm I'm crushed this week. (laughs) (laughs) Josh thought he had things figured out in life. I did. All I got to say, though, is that even though it takes place in Staten Island, even though the shot is in Staten Island, it is so prototypical and representative of Long Island that the moment I saw the shot, I just got, I felt warm, and I'm like, oh, I'm home. (laughs) Like I can't even tell you, like the 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 six lane road in front, like three lanes going one way, three lanes going the other way in front of a strip mall like this, and a big anonymous like bank like building, and a median's like, what do you want from me? And at least half of the drivers are not looking; they're lighting a cigarette. Yep, like Henry. <laughs> it is just a glorious shot. It is like I, I could watch these five seconds over and over and over again because it feels like home. <laughs> How do we feel about Henry's jewelry at this point? He's got a lot going on. A lot of gold. He's got a lot of big gold watch, a big gold bracelet, and a big gold pinky ring. All, all in the same hand. I feel like that's overkill. 
Well, it's I feel like a, those all hold coke <laughs> somewhere in them. Yeah, that's I, a I coke like watch. That's more, I feel like coke. that's more representative of the time. It's all about Again. the bling, man. It's all about the bling. I'm just saying, balance it out. His other hand, he only has the wedding ring on it. The other one is a lot of stuff on. There's coke in that wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, are you new to this, <laughs> Connor? Any fucks in this minute? No, the fuck count was zero. The fuck count for the week is ten, and that brings the fuck total to two hundred and seventy-three for minute one fifteen. Jesus, we're looking at. A, it's gonna be interesting. That's all. I don't know how this is gonna go. Currently, right now, we're at two point four per minute. Right, which is about how we end. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the music real quick. This will not be like yesterday's, but it's, it's there's still something to it. Uh, we're listening to Memo from Turner. It's a fast, uh, a fast song. I mean, one a different song, two minutes in a row. Like that's yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Again, get used to it. This is a solo <laughs> Mick Jagger song. Ugh. It's from the sound. It's from the soundtrack to Performance, which is a film that Mick Jagger starred in. October of, uh, 1970 was released. Uh, there's a couple versions of this, but this one features Ry Cooter on guitar. Ry Cooter is probably the most renowned slide guitar player in rock. It is number 92 out of the 100 greatest guitar songs according to Rolling Stone. And that's about it. It was kind of a lost gem. It was on the performance soundtrack in the 70s and didn't show up again until the late 90s on a compilation. Uh, but it's not the Rolling Stones. That's not uh, Keith Richards. Was, was the compilation it showed up on called the Goodfellas soundtrack? No, no. It was like a, it was like a Rolling Stones. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like it, was, it was lost except for it was in this movie in 1990. Nope. But it's funny because it, like, the song is called Memo from Turner, but that's just like a soundtrack listing because the character that Mick Jagger played in the movie was Turner. Yeah, but I mean, like it's it's I heard I was listening to it and I looked up and I was like, Oh, that's Ry Cooter. Of course that's that it's it sounds really amazing. That's great guitar yes. playing. All right. Anybody else have any other notes on this minute? If not, it's time to op- open up the books. David, we're very excited to have you here for our, our own little I was gonna say procedure, uh, our ceremony. ceremony. <laughs> our own little cer- ceremony where we we welcome into the family two members of our supporting patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash GFM where you can sign up and become a patron. If you sign up at the right level, you get bestowed with a mob name. And this week we are opening up the books for two gentlemen. Two, yes. The first is Alan Alvarez. So uh, we need to come up with a mob nickname for Alan Alvarez. And it can't be Spanish Tony Two Toes, Josh. Yeah. I know, I know. I I. I was coming up with a toe joke in my head, and I said, "Move on, Josh." <laughs> All right, so so David, in your mafia, in your mafia expertise, how important is the nickname? Do you have a nickname? Super, super, super important. Did Henry bestow you with a nickname at any point? No, but I got plenty of nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> are they flattering? Some are. Some aren't. <laughs> the ones that aren't, though, are, are the ones that are really the gems. But let's see. What's a good one with an A, though? And that's tough. I mean, I was looking at the American Mafia website that lists all the the mobster nicknames. And I was looking at the A section. And I noticed that there was a guy by the name of Ciro Terranova whose nickname was the Artichoke King. Oh, well, he was, he was huge. He was, <laughs> he's, he's a big-time mobster. That was a, one of the original, actually, seriously, that was one of the original... Big, big, big time gangsters back in the day. The Artichoke King. Yeah, that's a good name. What about Aces? What's a good A, though, is the word Anvil. Ooh. You know, one of those things that you fucking could drop on somebody's head and crush them to death. The Anvil. Yeah, that could be a good one. I like the Anvil. That's better than mine, which was going to be the Artichoke Prince. <laughs> <laughs> the Artichoke Duke. Oh. 
Duke of Artichokes? Duck of it. <laughs> Duck of Artichokes. The Earl of Artichokes. <laughs> I like the Anvil. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, let's give that. Let's go the Anvil for Alan. The Anvil? All right. Alan, Alan the Anvil Alvarez. Now, before we move on to the next one, I would like to refer to the Mafia name generator on the internet to get a third-party influence there. So Alan Alvarez, as we affectionately call him the Anvil, according to the Mafia name generator, would be Shoot 'em Up Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty strong yeah yeah these continue to be the uh the worst and the best things yeah oh wait till we get to the next one so the next name is aaron maccabee 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 aaron maccabee not spelled the jewish way hanukkah just call him hanukkah yeah no is it <laughs> aaron they maccabee. don't care how it's spelled is my point <laughs> look hanukkah's here they don't know the story they might not give him the name we got two A's names. These are these are A names are tough. M's are good though. Yeah. Murder, mayhem, massacre. You got a lot of scary ones that couldn't go with M's. But that's also going very very aggressive. I mean, it could be something. It could be something like something fun like peanuts, lamb chop. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> lamb chop. Yeah. Chop, chop, lamb chops. 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 Aaron Aaron chops Maccabee. Ooh, I like that. Chops. Do the roll call, Josh. Okay, hold on. Let me check it. There was Alan the Anvil Alvarez. There was Aaron Chops Maccabee. That doesn't work. I don't like it. It's yeah. not working for me. Aces. Moose. Moose. Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> just, just saying words. <laughs> the Bison King. Bison. <laughs> the Artichoke Prince. I feel like that's a different genre, Connor. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of westerns. <laughs> You're getting into fantasy for. <laughs> Aaron is a tough because Aaron's not your typical Italian name. I'll tell you something: not a tough guy name. <laughs> not a tough guy name. <laughs> what was Hank Aaron's? It was, Hank was the hammer, right? Hammer. Oh hammer? no! Ex- except that Hank Aaron, before he was when he was playing in the Negro leagues, his nickname was Pork Chop. I was literally going to say that before because he because he, he liked to eat pork chops. Then let's I just get, said let's lamb chop. Pork chop. Pork chop. That is a tribute to Hank Aaron. There we go. Porkchop Maccabee. Porkchop Maccabee. He's constantly being made fun of for having that name. It was Porkchop Maccabee. (laughs) (laughs) Because he really liked pork chops. Yeah. It was Nicky Eyes, Porkchop Maccabee. There you go. All right. So what does the name generator say, Ron? So the mafia name generator. This this one might be the this might be the 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 we, we might not come back after this one. By the way, so according to the mafia name generator, Aaron Maccabee would be Golden Shower Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to note that the Golden Shower is in quotes. Oh well, all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, there was a story about uh, Maccabee. You know what? We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> do we want to use that one? No, we can't use that one. <laughs> no, we do not. Uh, the don't need money. Pork chop. Uh, uh, old pork chop, also known as golden shower. All right. Well, thank you, Alan and Aaron, for being supporting patrons of the show. We appreciate it so much. And if you want to join the club, if you want to, if you want us to open the books for you, you can go to patreon.com slash gfm or go to goodfellowsminute.com slash support where you can find a link there. And you can also shop via Amazon uh, from links there as well, buy the movie, buy the book. Anything else on Amazon, we get a taste of it. David, thank you so much for joining us this week. Where can people find you if they're interested in your mafia expertise exploits? I'm all over the place. I'm a little. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, pretty much at dmuslan u s l a n, and uh, happy to respond to any questions that come up. 
<laughs> Within reason. Within reason. Yeah. Within 140 <laughs> characters. Where's Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> oh, I did, I did have one other question for you before we let you go, David. So you mentioned that you were friends with Henry Hill and that you worked with him and got to know him. Did you ever purchase or did he give you any of his paintings? Yes. I, wow. I have one of his paintings that I, uh, that I love. It's of the Lufthansa heist. And it is it is a wonderful uh, watercolored larger size painting. It's pretty cool. Looks like a six year old could have done it, but uh, but God bless him. It's uh, it's it's an it's an awesome painting. Perhaps really? we wow. could take a photo of it and we could post it on our website. Yeah, sure. Oh, that'd be great. And you gotta really appreciate the 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 balls on a guy to paint the heist. <laughs> that, that, that the feds were never able to solve. He, they were never able he, to... he made a movie, Ron. <laughs> he wrote a book. He wrote several oh. books. And he was in a, he made a movie on the book. Right, and he went he around did... telling everyone he did this thing. So he didn't even do it. He just set it up. At the, at the painting point, that was literally the last way he could explain it. He's like, oh, yeah? Well, look at this. I've, I've shown you everything else, so I'm doing this in cuneiform. Like, it's like there's an etching. <laughs> You just got to appreciate the balls in this guy. This is a multimedia <laughs> confession. It really is. All right. Well, thank you again, David. It was great having you on. We appreciate guys, it. Guys, it was an absolute pleasure, and I'm such a fan of what you guys are doing here. It was exciting to be a part of it, and uh, and I can't wait to, to, to hear how it all ends. Excellent. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for Minute 115. Tune in on Monday for Minute 116 when we're back at it. We're on the slow march to the end of this movie. <laughs> the baton march? Yes. You can follow us. On Twitter at Goodfellas Minute and on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And of course, you can go to goodfellasminute.com where you can find the support page, as I mentioned, where you can find out how to support the show. You can also find the list of all the supporting patrons uh, on there as well, too. So you can see who else has stepped up and helped support the show. And you can find all our previous episodes and links to subscribe and all that fun stuff there. Take a moment to kind of uh, tip the cap to the uh, to the originators of uh, of this podcast format, at least as far as we're concerned. Uh, our good friends over at Star Wars Minute are busy doing the the episode one prequel, so go over to StarWarsMinute.com and check that out. And if you like us and our banter, you can go to our sister site over at iFanboy.com and listen to our podcast all about comic books because there's so much crossover between Goodfellas and comic books. And finally, if you have any questions or anything of note or if you own a Henry Hill original painting and you want to share a photograph of that painting, you can email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. So until then, thanks again, David, and we'll see you guys next week. Or will I go from rags to return? My fate is on.